This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with two very special guests via Microsoft Teams, a platform that we've been using since we switched to remote work almost six months ago. Uh, Melissa Cannon, Data Content Strategist from our Office of Digital Government, and Nina DeCastro, our Lean Innovator for the organization. So I'm so happy to have you both here with us today. And as you know, when we first switched to remote work back in March, I kind of said that this was the innovation lab that we've always wanted to create, that we've always talked about creating, but never really had quite figured out exactly how to do that. And then suddenly we were forced into this space of remote work because of COVID-19. And I think as an organization, we adjusted really well. And then out of that has come all, all different types of innovations that have come from across the organization and something that you two really have spearheaded called our Innovation Hour series. So I'm so happy to have you and, and kind of wanted to talk back a little bit about how this idea of sort of a grassroots effort um, in the organization came to be. I think we've all seen other organizations, whether it's in the public or the private sector, look to create innovation teams or innovation spaces, or maybe it's a chief innovation officer. And ironically, I think those were things as an organization we'd tried to do previously and, and couldn't quite figure out exactly what the best fit was for government and for Gilbert and for us. And then out of this has come something that's been, in my opinion, really innovative and fun and um, really has started with people like you in the organization. So let's talk a little bit about how the idea for the uh, innovation hours themselves came to be, and then a little bit about what we've been doing in them. Yeah, so I can start for a little bit. Um, so I think the idea came from, we were just talking, so Nina and I and a few others, we actually had a weekly like data meeting that we would talk about like just cool things going on in the organization and how we can really focus like on a data story or how we can make it more efficient. And the more we started talking about this, I felt like it was a perfect opportunity. We were talking about innovation. Like we already are doing these type of things, but we're not really highlighting as much. So we already have like an end with the departments hearing about their stories and hear about what they're doing. So why not share it with the whole organization by having an hour, kind of like an office hours where you kind of come around lunchtime. So usually it's around 11 a.m. and just listen to your peers in the organization and see what cool things they're doing. Yeah, it's awesome. And so we've had six of these innovation hours so far. And to give you a sense, they're held every other week and they're virtual, which is really cool. And something that I've noticed, not just even with these innovation hours specifically, but ever since we've switched to remote work, I feel like meeting participation in general has been up significantly. And I often wonder if we had done this innovation lab or space or hour in person, if we would had have as much participation as we've had. So tell us a little bit about how you guys come up with the topics for what we're going to discuss in these hours, Nina. So we have a core team. It's Melissa, myself, and David Torado, who's with the fire department. And I think we're very fortunate in that we have a very diverse group. So I'm with organizational development. Melissa is obviously with digital government. David comes from a completely different perspective in terms of public safety. And so using teams, because we're all kind of working from home, David obviously is, is probably at the fire station or works like a little bit odd hours. We kind of brainstorm uh, in terms of what we, we keep our ear very close to the ground 
in terms of innovation. So I'm constantly talking to a variety of folks who have issues with their processes and we're trying to figure out ways to make them better, et cetera. And at the same time, I'm also very privy to like what they're doing. Melissa, very much the same way. She's our data storyteller. So she has phenomenal stories throughout the town about what they're doing with data, with innovation, et cetera. And then David, obviously coming from a very different perspective, public safety, uh, you know, he has, you know, uh, he's heard things that we are not normally privy to. And so we get together on teams, we begin to kind of brainstorm what we've heard. How does this fit into uh, a potential innovation hour uh, topic? How would we present it so that it is digestible to that audience? What's in it for the audience to help them listen in? Uh, what what are going to be the key takeaways? And then we we go from there. Yeah, and I think so many of the topics that we've covered in these various innovation hours and. Honestly, you guys have done a terrific job of getting down deep into the organization and across the organization to bring in people from every department to share some of the innovations they've gleaned since maybe going to remote work or or just in general or things like mental health and their reaction to being, you know, at home and alone and and perhaps feeling separated or disconnected from other team members and and so that's been really interesting and I think a lot of the topics that have come up in the innovation hours have always been on the wish list. Things that we hoped as an organization we could do, like for example, get you know rid of paper and inner office mail and use digital forms, um, you know, across the organization. And I think there were pockets of places in the organization that were more advanced than others, and some that were still relying on maybe some old school methods of. Uh, you know, using paper, printing, those types of things. And one example recently that sticks out in my head was our Parks and Recreation Department coming and talking about how they always printed their annual recreation guide. And they said it was like the Sears catalog. And why would we, why would we do that? And I think for eight years, we've been trying to convince the Parks and Recreation Department to think of other ways other than printing a catalog to do it. And just ironically, because of the times we find ourselves in, whether it's more cost effective, more convenient. um, Now we are doing the things, like I said, that I think we've always wanted to do. But maybe there was, you know, we talk about fear a lot, too. There was some fear around changing. And so it's been interesting to see the people that have come through the Innovation Hours are not the people that I expected. And so I'm yeah. really, I think it's really cool because of the grassroots effort that's been happening is you have been able to invite people who I think are very surprising to the group, right? Because oftentimes people think of innovators and they think of maybe the IT department, technology teams, or my team, the digital communications team. Whenever it seemed like someone wanted to talk about innovation, they were always like, oh, well, we'll get the digital team to do that. or And it was like, mm, Everyone should be thinking this way. So how do you create this change throughout the entire organization? And you guys, I think through these innovation hours have figured out how. So tell me about, you know, how you've invited people into this space and then they present um, and kind of tell their stories. And I think are very vulnerable many times um, to a group of people that some of them they don't know. Like I've noticed just the list of people that have attended. I'm like, I don't even know some of these people, you know, which is really cool too. Thinking we're virtual, but we're still meeting people we wouldn't have a chance to meet. I think we were really lucky to be able to start this at a time where there was so much change in the organization because we were about what two months into remote work. 
So the content was there and the excitement to share a story was there because everyone had to change within remote work and going to like adjusting to everything with COVID. So like, I feel like our first few speakers were very easy to find because they're already out there talking about what they're doing differently, like the remote uh, inspections and like water checkups. So that was our first one. And I was actually surprised too, how many people we got involved. Like the, we don't see the normal like leaders coming through. It's like everyone from all over the departments because we first did a like an email and registration and right away within a week, we got 59 people registered, which was surprising to me. And especially with all the different types of people coming and we consistently kept those numbers up every, every session. Um, how we've been getting the speakers has honestly been word of mouth. I feel like after each session, there's a chat that comes through teams of someone saying, hey, I actually have a really good story to tell or, hey, I know this person doing this. And we just kind of reach out to talk to people. But I think the biggest thing is that we try to focus that it's not a formal innovation hour. It's really supposed to be a safe space. You can tell your story. And also one thing I think is helpful is that our town manager, Patrick, has jumped in a few times to show his support. And so when we send a video of like a past innovation hour to a speaker, we're like, hey, check out this camping one from FIRE and look at all the support we've gotten from it and like the positive feedback and comments. And then people are open to coming. Yeah, that's a good point that you're recording those sessions too, so that even if people can't make it, we can they can watch it after the fact or it can be shared again or used as an example or to look back on. So I think that's that's another opportunity that if you think about going to meetings in person, you know, I used to get a lot of requests for, can you come record this training I'm getting or, you know, in person or whatever. And think of what we would do if we were, we would only be talking to the people in the room, right? And now the reach that we have is so much greater because we've opened it up. Anyone can come as many people as they want and we're recording it so we can share it with people after the fact. And I think that's why um, the numbers have grown. I think you said 81 are now um, registered in the group in teams. And I think that's because like you said, word of mouth, but also when someone participates and they go back, maybe share the link and then they say, hey, you should come to this next one. And the leaders have come too and they they listen in and sometimes they don't always participate. But I find it really interesting to just kind of be there as this fly on the wall, because again, I don't know why in so many organizations we think that innovation is this kind of top down you know, thing. And, and it's been so interesting to me, like you said, because we had to, to kind of watch this in pockets. And I wanted to talk about um, one interesting topic that came up that kind of struck me. So we talk about everything from robots, you know, robots, which is super cool, um, you know, striping our fields. And, and I think robots, right, relatable for a lot of departments, including, you know, a fire department who may be thinking about the future of technology for firefighting. And um, it, that was a parks and recreation example. And yet there's a lot of people from other groups that could relate and, and maybe say, huh, I should think about technology replacing X, Y, or Z in my job. But uh, something that came up that was something really simple was a question about birthdays. And I know I've brought this up to the two of you before that it really struck me was someone asked about in, in COVID, and this was kind of tugged at the morale side of what we're all feeling, this isolation, was how this person um, has a department that had multiple birthdays in the month of July. And because they weren't able to see everyone, they usually brought donuts and got together and had this it was something to look forward to that it was a time it seemed that everyone would come together around birthdays. And they were really struggling to figure out how to do this virtually. And at first, when the question was asked, I was like, really? Like, wow. But then the conversation 
spun out to this bigger issue of, I think what we were all feeling, it actually got me emotional thinking like, we just want to be connected to people still and feel, and, and that is an innovation. We don't need to go back to serving donuts necessarily or all gathering in a room, right? So how do we take situations like that, whether it's a virtual birthday card or something that's much bigger, like really turning building inspections into using FaceTime or, you know, how do you continue those things beyond this so that we don't go back easily to doing things the old way? And I've been thinking a lot about that. So what what are your thoughts around that and some of the things that we've heard about how do we continue this you know, in in the post-COVID world eventually. And and I think a lot of people out there can probably relate or wonder, you know, am I going to be working for, you know, remotely forever? Is this how it's going to look in the long run? Um, But there's so many things we've learned that I feel like should stay permanently. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, Dana, you you hit it on the head. I think that one of the things, uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, there are leaders, very high level leaders who who actually attend the innovation hour. Sometimes they participate. Sometimes they're they're just listening uh, there. But I, I feel that we do have the support of leaders and especially Patrick, who occasionally chimes into the fear or the, uh, you know, the uh, the pleasure of, of our participants. And he's always been extremely supportive and constantly reiterates how important innovation is to our organization. And that helps by leaps and bounds. Uh, you know, we address a lot of, so one uh, thing that you, you mentioned, Dana, the, the, the kind of kickoff point about like, how do we now celebrate birthdays now that we're working from home? Like you said, that sparked off uh, like this incredible topic. It, it gave uh, people like ideas and we began to realize the the group began to realize that there's there's like a larger issue here this disconnectedness from our coworkers or maybe not necessarily our immediate team because we're constantly on video conference calls but to other teams that we would normally interact with throughout the day but now do not have the opportunity uh to unless we're in in a big cross functional meeting and so that so we're we're not necessarily feeling connected to other parts of the organization and that kind of spurred another topic for for innovation hour that we addressed but i feel that it, having the support of leadership having them attend i i was joking with melissa uh a couple of weeks ago when she started getting a bunch of chat requests asking hey how can i join innovation hour because as melissa mentioned we sent out an initial invite and about 50 people responded and then all of a sudden word of mouth kind of gained steam and people were like wait oh i think i declined that invitation now it's not on my calendar how do i get it back on my calendar and i joked with her i was like this is like we're we're becoming a speakeasy <laughs> we we are very much in demand I love people it. are asking for the secret password to, to gain entry. And I've had a couple people reach out to me asking, how do I join yes. innovation hour? That's amazing. I think we should come up with a secret password. We should. <laughs> it's, that's an amazing idea. And I think, you know, it is so interesting. And you make the perfect point about the birthdays because something the, about a larger issue arising. And I think that sometimes we get so bogged down in the details or, you know, your head's down and you're doing your job a particular way every day the same because you've always done it that way or that's the way the organization thinks it should be done. And we don't stop and kind of lift up our head and say, 
does that really make sense? You know, we just, we get in the rhythm of it and it just becomes routine. And then suddenly your routine is shaken, right? You're, you don't, oh, what, what if you don't have access to that conference room to schedule that meeting anymore? And, you know, we had, thankfully, and I should mention this, and I've mentioned this in a previous podcast was we had Microsoft Teams installed on our computers prior to this, but a lot of, I would say the majority of people in the organization had never used it. And so again, they were forced in to using this tool. And I think people were then pleasantly surprised, right? And it sometimes it's just the simple little things too. They're not like the birthday that leads you to all these other things. It's not this like, and I think innovation itself, that word was scaring, kind of like data. We always talk about the word. When you start talking about data, you see people go, you know, Um, and I always say, oh, it can be, you know, like, it's as simple as a, a, a like on a social media post or a view on a video and then people, okay, okay, kind of like innovation, right? Don't ask me to do things differently than I've always done it. And now people feel more productive. They feel more empowered. They feel more connected. They're, they're seeing their work improve. They're using technology to do parts of their job that open them up to do other things with their time, right? So I think that's another thing that's come out of some of these conversations is people saying, and I think the quote was, it's been a real force multiplier for us, which I think is so cool, right? That we found these other, you know, and we always say with meetings, like going in person or driving to work, all the time saving that happens, right? And then how more, much more productive you can be with that time. And I think that's been a theme of a lot of the innovation hours. I completely agree. And it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day because my husband, he always says like, You know, when you walk, I heard if you walk around the house and pick up one thing at a time and uh, slowly over time, your house will be more cleaner. Like you don't always have to spend like a day picking up like just little changes here and there, like as you're just walking around to go get some water or something. So I was thinking about that with innovation hours or just innovation in general. It really is just small changes. And that's what we've been trying to highlight in our innovation hours is that you don't have to do this huge overhaul every single month. And we all know like that's going to take time. But if you do a little tiny change here and there, a few months down the road, you'll see this massive change in your department that's more efficient, that's faster. And that's really what it is, is to highlight that you can do smaller things in your day-to-day work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And, you know, thinking about the back to one of the issues, examples, I was going to say issue, but it was really a great example were uh, triplicate forms, uh, forms that we would fill out when we would have a new hire, um, a new employee, and we would put them in inner office mail prior to this. And suddenly it was like, well, that's not an option in this situation. And so they had to quickly digitize those forms, get them online. And then there was a conversation around, well, would we get rid of the PAR? It was, it's our, what, what does PAR stand for again? I don't even know. Personnel Action request there yes um and i don't know that you know they come in those awful inner office envelopes that have been touched by a thousand people with their names on them and you know like in now in covid times i really don't want to touch some an envelope that's been through the organization for 20 years and has had a hundred hands on it anyways that's a side note but what was interesting about it was they were so um set on that particular form. And I started thinking, okay, the real issue here is that we still have inner office mail because why in the world, I don't even check my regular mail, you know, on a regular basis. And so 
I don't think anyone had ever thought about that. When you talked, Nina, you said it perfectly. You back up and you look at what the bigger issue is here. And sometimes it's really not that complicated or complex, but it's like it could solve a multitude of problems is, well, if we didn't have inner office mail, then all of these forms could be digitized or, or whatever that might look like. And so that's been really interesting to see too. And to me, surprisingly, people seem very open to this. And I, you know, yes, sometimes there's fear and obviously around change, but I think people feel very empowered when they can do their job more efficiently and save time. And at least in our innovation hours, don't you think the conversations have been very positive and people are excited about this kind of new way of working, which I think is also really interesting. Yeah, I agree, Dana. I think that one of the things, one of the key takeaways from from Innovation Hour for me is that uh, number one, at, you know, at first I thought, okay, well, I hope that we won't have. So we have a screen of like who's participating, who's like you know in the audience, and throughout the hour, I will check to see who has dropped off because I know I get it. We're all busy, or maybe you know the topic isn't that appealing. Uh, to certain members of the audience. What really hit home for me is that every innovation hour, we've almost had like very little drop, like maybe one person drops off, but generally the, the people who uh, uh, stay with us uh, or participate at the very beginning of the innovation hour are there until the very end. So I feel that we are absolutely bringing value uh, to, to the participants. Uh, we're getting, we're Hopefully focusing on topics that they, that they want to hear about. And Melissa can talk about like some of the ways that we've done this, uh, through our, our teams, uh, chat and, uh, you know, and, and bringing like really great speakers who have wonderful personal stories, uh, to tell, uh, about their innovations, whether it's large or, or small. Yeah. I think you make a great point, Nina and Melissa. I'd love to hear you talk about that because you guys as facilitators, do an excellent job of moving the conversation along, making people feel comfortable, putting some quizzes in the chat, um, following up on the questions that people, some people aren't going to feel as comfortable to appear on camera or maybe ask the group out loud. But I've noticed I pay attention to, to the chat and kind of who participates and there's new, new names and new people kind of every time that maybe volunteer kind of, you know, sticking their toe in the water a little bit and saying like, I think I could be a part of this. And, and there is a place for me here. And you guys do such an excellent job of making everyone feel welcome. And that's where I think it goes back to the grassroots effort. It's not intimidating. It's, it's fun, actually. You know, it's one of the things that I look forward to on my schedule. Um, just, you know, listening and hearing from people I don't normally get to hear from. So Melissa, if you want to talk a little bit about how you guys facilitate too, because I think it's an important part of running, of running the hours for sure. Yeah, I think Nina, David, and I kind of set the tone in the beginning where we just wanted to make this fun. We wanted to make this relaxed. We, I personally don't think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We just are in a good chat saying, hey, who has an idea? <laughs> what do you guys want to talk about? What's like, what are you seeing in your department right now? And we try to spill that over to like our speakers. So again, we, we are organized though. <laughs> so we have like, we, we throw out a topic. Usually it's Nina, David, and I saying, Oh, like we have someone who, there's a lot of burnout talk right now. Anyone have any examples? And we just kind of chat for a while. And then when we find a speaker, we always try to find a department that hasn't been featured or someone you wouldn't really hear from. 
like when we talked about burnout, we had fire as a focus because uh, like that'd be an interesting perspective to hear if a lot of us are, don't really work with them that much. Um, so doing that and then we, Nina's really great at this, but we have a, a draft set of questions that we go through saying what would be interesting to us to hear and then we propose it to the speakers beforehand, like a few days before saying, hey, FYI, here's what we may be asking you just to get them um, prepared as well. So I feel like it's been helping a lot, especially at Innovation Hour, because the speakers are prepared. They know exactly what's coming. And then we let them know, like, hey, we're going to throw some jokes in the middle there. <laughs> we want to like, we want this fun. And our last few ones, I like, especially with our parks team, I'm like, hey, uh, we want to do like a fun icebreaker. What movies are you watching right now? Or what have you been watching? Which theirs was so Parks and Recce. Like, it was about Yellowstone. Like, oh, I'm watching Yellowstone right now. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so we just try to make it fun and just, yeah, just have it open to everyone. Just let them know that this is a relaxed environment. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. And before we wrap up, I do want to make one more point about um, the customer first and putting the citizens first. I know we talk a lot about everything we do. Obviously, we're in local government. And so it's all about our residents and our customers. And one thing I've always talked about and tried to say from our team's perspective is to go where the resident or the customer is and, and deliver services in the way that they would expect to receive them. And one theme that's come up quite a bit in the Innovation Hour, which I'm really pleased to see, especially in departments like Parks and Recreation and others where I wasn't sure that it was always, you know, it seemed like, again, some staff doing things because we've always done it that way. But I heard and have heard multiple times the conversation about thinking about the customer first. What We stop and ask ourselves, what would the customer do? How are they living their lives? What is the way that they would want to receive this service? And I think if there's nothing else gleaned from these innovation hours, that in itself um, has been a theme that has run throughout all of the sessions in the sense of people thinking differently about who it is that's on the other end of what we do. And I know like from our perspective and so many in the organization's perspective, that's why we're in public service and this is why we're doing what we're doing. And I just think it's really cool that other people are starting to think that way as well. And I want to thank you both because I think even though, you know, it's a lot of work and it seems sometimes like we're going to run out of ideas one day, like, oh, what are we going to do for the next one? I think that just the gathering of the group and the attention given to innovation, the idea that we create a safe space for people to come and talk and share ideas and collaborate in itself is worthy and definitely, I think, one of the most incredible um, things that's come out of COVID for us and as an organization. And I'm just really proud because I know I've spent a lot of time, Patrick spent a lot of time thinking about, again, how do you drive innovation across an organization in government, especially, which can be very challenging to do. And I think, you know, this is a great opportunity just doing this podcast to stop and kind of think about um, what an impact it is that you're making across the organization. So I thank you both for all of your work in this space and, and for joining me today. Thanks, Dana. It was great. Yeah, this was fun. Also, of course, thank you to our listeners. Please be sure to check out all of our social media channels and Gilbert, and we'll see you soon from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital. 